0: Hello, my dear listeners, and welcome to this week's Catamania episode, where I am joined by the lovely Maria Fastov, who is a delivery and labor nurse, a traveling delivery and labor nurse currently based in Silicon Valley. Maria has two boys and a husband, and honestly does not look a day older than 25. So, one of the main things that I wanted to talk to her about is how is she staying so young and healthy looking? Um, she doesn't have any Botox. So she's clearly doing something right. Aside from being a nurse, she's also very interested in all things biohacking, healthy lifestyle and living, and just overall things you can do to improve your health, appearance, from a more of a holistic approach. So, I know that you will enjoy this episode. And if you do, and if you like this podcast, remember to give it five stars or hearts, wherever it is that you're listening to this on. And of course, remember to come say hi to me on Instagram with my handle being Christina Cataman, C R I S T I N A C A T A M A N. Stay blessed. And we are live. Welcome, Maria.
1: Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for letting me be the part of your podcast. It's very exciting. Um, your awesome smile and whatever you do for people, like on social media, is exciting. So I'm happy to, to be part of it.
0: Thank you so much. I appreciate you saying that. I, I really do. Uh, and you are a fellow Eastern European? Where, where do yes. you come from? Originally?
1: Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm from Russia originally. My city calls called Samara. It's like in the middle oh, yeah. of Russia, uh, European part, and I lived there for 24 and a half years. And when I was 24, I moved to U.S. and um, I lived in New York for 10 years. And, and now you
0: are in Silicon Valley?
1: Yes. Uh, right now I'm in California and I'm a travel nurse. So this is like how I actually came here. Um, when I came at the age of like, when I already had my degree in Russia and had my life settled, I just came to visit my friend and um, with well, a ticket back in 30 days. And I never used it because I love New York so much. And I thought that the life gave me like the other chance, you know, like to go not with what other people told, but with what I feel like I want to do. And I decided to become a nurse. Um, took me like four and a half years to finish the program because I was also learning English. Like I thought I knew English when I came to the United States, but when I heard people talking, I'm like, oh my God, I don't understand the word. I don't like know how to talk back. And it took me yeah. some time to get to the level to be able to go to college. And over there, while I had my rotation in uh, labor and delivery, I just fell in love with babies. And this beautiful process of birth. And I thought, I don't want to do anything else but delivering babies to this world. I want to be part of it. And this is actually my primary uh, profession right now.
0: Oh, wow. So you're a delivery nurse, is that right? Yes. Yeah. Wow. I do
1: labor and delivery and postpartum both. I'm like cross trained into units.
0: Amazing. That's fascinating. I. So, and so you came to U.S. and you decided in U.S. that you were going to be a nurse. You were a yes. nurse in Russia. Yeah.
1: No, I did sales. Um, when I worked in Russia, I worked for like international companies like Nestle, uh, Dr. Oetker. is like European company. Then I was selling like security systems on the cars and like expensive buildings. And when I came here, I actually worked at the bartender first at the restaurant to kind of like, and was working towards my nursing degree.
0: Is that what every Slavic girl did? Because I did the same thing. I served and then I was a bartender.
1: <laughs> it's like, same, I worked as a server and then a bartender, yeah.
0: Entry career, I feel like. Oh, that's, yeah, yeah. That's. I talked to somebody else who, it's the same thing. Like, they came to U.S. and worked. I guess that's like the best way to train your interpersonal skills and learn the language as well. Yeah,
1: this is what helped me actually to learn the language because... I was, I was not shy, you know, like, I was always, like, making mistakes, and I still do, you know, and my ex is still there, but I was just never shy to talk, and I was, like, always, with my hands, this thing, you know, and this actually helped me to, like, improve faster than the people, like, com- like, I just compare, like, to my friends who I had at the time, who were, like, shy, sitting, like, staying within, like, Russian-speaking community, mm-hmm. and Yeah, it really helped me in college. It really helped me, like, in a life, in the Mm -hmm. future. Like, I never stayed within, like, all my friends are mostly Russian-speaking, but I always worked with American people. So, kind of, like, here and there.
0: Yeah. And how did you like New York, and how do you like California?
1: And I had Florida in between, also. Oh, you had Florida, too. Oh, wow, awesome. So, I'll, I'll tell you. So, when I became a nurse, I always wanted, like, to travel, and I heard about the profession, like travel nurse. Like, What is that? So it means like nurse who travels. And this is what I do right now. I take contracts from like 13 weeks up to a year. I stay in one place and work for the hospital who has needs at this time. And uh, yeah, this is what I do. And right now I ended up in California. So I lived 10 years in New York. Then uh, I lived two years in Florida kind of like i have love and hate relationship with florida because i love it as a vacation place and to stay there like some even extended periods of time but as a permanent place of living it's kind of like living on vacation all the time you can i cannot set myself like like business mind you know to do something to work because you always want to like enjoy different um activities over there like paddleboard boats like beach and all this stuff so you are not focused on business and california also to me looks more relaxed place comparing to new york over here it's also harder when you see people like surfing chilling you're like oh my god wait wait when do you make money guys when do you make money to do all of that you know if you're always kind of like out Yeah, and about
0: yeah i heard i have a friend who lives in miami and she was telling me when she first moved there she was like i didn't understand Um, what was happening like everybody's always out and about at five-star restaurants everybody's partying she's like what do y'all do for a living like do you work at all (laughs) because it's just it seems like you don't yeah but that's what i've i've been to only la really Um, And I haven't been to New York yet, but that's what it just seems. That New York is so go, 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 crazy busy. And California is so much more laid back.
1: Yeah, and you know, New York was awesome when we didn't have kids. Like Mm. when it was two of us, we moved closer as possible to Manhattan. We actually lived in North Jersey, but it literally took us like five minutes on the ferry to cross the river. And all restaurants, all the parties, like all the museums and like theaters, everything was right there. So it was fun, but when we had kids, it's it changed our life, changed a lot and we didn't enjoy, like we didn't live the full city life to pay that kind of city prices over there. So we started like looking for different um, opportunities and we checked Florida. I'm not saying I'm not going back there. We actually might, but for now we love California. Weather mm-hmm. and nature, like everything here is just perfect.
0: So you are married and you have two kids?
1: Two boys, yeah.
0: Two boys. And obviously they all travel with you. They all yes. are in the lifestyle of traveling nurse.
1: Yeah, we're like gypsy family.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. It's great that you get to continue to do that with a family.
1: That was ha- the goal. That was the goal, you know? like We spoke with my husband. First, we want to have like more than one kid. We didn't talk about like five or seven because he's the only child in the family and i'm the only child in the family and when we met we're like oh my god it was so boring growing up so we want our kids to have like buddies you know and we had them back to back like literally 20 months apart not not even two years apart and we never stopped like the life we always like travel when our first time was four months we went to dominican republic and spent vacation there then that summer, I went on two months' trip to Europe, just me and him, like eight, nine months' boy and a mom traveling, but like, four seat came is like the Turkey, England, like, um, Baltic. My, my husband is from Estonia, so we went like there to Latvia and Estonia, and we went to Russia, so two months of traveling, and we like keep doing it because, you know, if you try to, move towards your kid's life and kid's schedule, you're going to be living your kid's life. But if you kind of make your life, so I mean, live your life the same and just feed your kids into your schedule, you continue enjoying your life and your kids enjoying the life. I think this is like the best not to become, you know, those like crazy moms and dads who are just like, you know, living their kid's schedule. They schedule
0: everything around their life. I cannot imagine my life being like that. That's actually so encouraging to hear because, you know, all the messages that you hear from people who have kids, like, oh, just enjoy this freedom. Because, I mean, I'm I'm not a mom yet. We, My husband and I don't have kids. But the amount of times we hear from our friends, acquaintances who have kids, like, oh, just enjoy your life now because once you have kids, that's going to be gone. And my husband's always like, um no like i don't I don't want to believe in that because it, no there's there's got to be a better way to do it, and my brother and his wife are actually kind of similar to you. Um, they don't maybe travel as much, but my sister in law always tells me like it's kind of nice to just continue living your life the way you do, and then you're happy, and then your kids are also happy because you're happy, and they they get excited about whatever it is that you're doing, so it doesn't really matter to them, so it's really encouraging to continue to hear. You know, people who seem really happy to me, and they have kids, and they continue to do what they want to do, as opposed to those, you know, oh, just you just enjoy your life now, because later on you're not going to enjoy it. And then I'm like, well, then why have kids? (laughs) Like, you know. Yeah,
1: that's definitely gonna. I cannot tell you that it's going to be the same. It's definitely different. Definitely different. Mm -hmm. But it's not not like worse. You know, when people said, "Oh my God, my freedom is gone," and I work with those families every day. So every day, if I work in postpartum, I have like four families. And I can see who's going to enjoy their lives. And I see who's going to struggle. It's You can see it right there when the baby's born. Because some parents, they're overprotective. They're overthinking a lot, you know. And this is what makes their life, I would say, miserable at some point. Because they cannot uh, keep up with the baby's needs. Because mm. they really take it too much personal. They overthink a lot. And the more relaxed you are, and I can see, like, I remember, I think it was the, either the podcast or stories when you were telling about the, like, you had a fire and you were still kind of like laughing about it. Yeah. This is, yeah, this is like exactly the same. Our kids like painted the apartment like a few days before we needed to move out. Yeah, we could scream on them, we could panic, but we were we were laughing and we were filming. My son in the beginning of my contract, my my husband wasn't even here yet. I was here with my mom and my like two kids. My mom came from Russia to help me. He got stuck his finger in a swing. Like we had the whole like fire department, police and ambulance coming oh here gosh. to cut the swing and with this swing on his finger, we were going like to the hospital and I was laughing and filming and the the team of the guys who actually came to help they're like, oh my God, he was such an awesome mom. Your kids are going to just like laugh and look at it. Other parents don't do it because I'm like, why? Yeah, I can like sit next to him and cry. But what is, what is the, what is this going to change? But so without yeah. me going and filming it, we're just going to laugh all together when he's going to be an adult. And I saved that piece of metal that we cut off his finger then in the <laughs> you know, and I'm going to put together this video this metal piece maybe when he gets married i'll bring
0: it i was gonna say for his wedding (laughs) oh my god that's what i would do for sure but it's so true you know people sometimes like you see the shift um people get so serious when they become parents and i get it like i mean you're responsible for like another human being's life but it's refreshing to see that you can still maintain a very chill, cool vibe and laugh about things and just not be as serious as paranoid all the time. It's it's refreshing to see that. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, that's definitely awesome. And, you know, like the, also the thing that changed, the kids changed my life in a way that I was like a potty girl. Like, and my husband, this is how we met. We met and we drank two bottles of cognac, you know, on our first, like, I came to have tea with him. And we just like, oh, do you drink cognac? Yeah, I do. And we just finished, like, two bottles. That's how we started. And right now, we're like, we don't drink alcohol, like, for six years. It was just because of kids, you know? I'm like, okay, I want to wake up at 7 a.m. and be present, you know? Like, be with this kid and enjoy the life. And we like quit drinking. We're like on a pretty healthy diet. We are like, he's doing jujitsu, I'm doing yoga. Like, we're trying to keep up with our like, health. And this is because of kids. You know how many times we like tried, like before kids to do this, but then like, eh, no, just get me that glass of wine, you know? Like, and yeah, then next no, morning. motivation no, hard, wasn't there. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Motivation was, wasn't there. And you know, once my husband told me like one thing that actually sticks to my mind a lot. He's like, I don't want to tell my kids how their daddy was when he was young. I want to show him that even I'm maybe not that young, but I still can do it. Mm -hmm. And it's like about everything. Like he's competing in his sport and he like plays soccer with them because kids love soccer. And a lot of things he is doing because he's keeping up with his health. And this is what actually kids brought us to. Like I, after graduating like from nursing school, I went into research a lot because they taught taught us how to like read research papers and analyze them and to actually get the information from them. And I went to like nutrition, like, okay, how I can make my life healthier. So when my kids go to college, if they decide to go, if they like get married and they have their like best years of the life, how I can be still young and participate in their life, like, to do travels together, you know, to be there, not in a wheelchair, how I can see in a hospital. Even I work in different units, but I still, within the hospital, you can see how some parents, they are not making it to the, like, their teenage years of kids, like, being healthy. So this Mm -hmm. is, like, also, like, the big thing with being a parent that came to me. I'm like, I want to be, like, for them, present. But over time, when I started doing it for them, then I realized, oh my God, I want to do it for me right now too, you know, like that, but they are, they were like the kick, the starter kick for yeah. my like, lifestyle changes.
0: So it's a positive lifestyle change. What I'm no, hearing I'm is you, you, what I'm hearing is, you know how, this is so refreshing. I love this conversation so much. You know why? Because so many times you hear from, um, especially women like, oh, once you have kids, it's so hard to take care of yourself. It's so hard to, you know, go to the gym and work out. Um, enjoy it now. Again, like, well, you had the amount of times I hear that or the amount of times like I, I, I take really good care of myself. I work out. Um, I have guilty pleasure in the form of wine, but I don't I don't overdo it. Like my body doesn't respond well to alcohol at all. And I know it. And it's, you know, but I go to the gym. I work out and the amount of times I hear from moms on my Instagram, for example, they'll be like, oh, of course you have time to do that. You have no kids. And I'm like, fair, very fair. I don't have kids. And I understand that that means that I have a lot more time than those who do have kids. But I have met women who have two, three, four kids who still manage to look fabulous, take care of themselves, go to the gym, work out, take care of their bodies. So what's, what's going on there? Like we all have 24 hours in a day. We all have something, something, I feel like it's about priorities. I don't think it's about lack of time. It is definitely
1: priorities. And you know, like I have an OCD, like my coach says, okay, you have a good OCD because everything that related to health, like I'm like, I'm into like, just call me, like, tell me, oh, what is that? Is that like yoga and sunrise? I'm going, you know. Is is that like the new app? When I saw like that you were talking about the 28, what is the name of the app? I'm like yeah, yeah, 28 Wellness. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, 28 Wellness. I'm like, oh my god, I need it. Like, ordering. Like over here, you probably can see I'm wearing the CGM. So all the things that can make my life better, quality of my life better, I'm like, I want it. I'm like tracking all the apps, maybe a little bit too much. And i was like discussing it with my coach and she said no like this is like the good ocd you know like mm-hmm. or looking good at some point you understand that looking good is not only like facials it's also like the muscle mass that you have it's also the food that you eat like before you're 30 yeah you can really do it with like you don't even need a good sleep you know like before 30 you can go to bed at 2am and still wake up looking beautiful but then when you want to look nice you're like okay what i can do and you start like going from there so and i can see that women like young women like from 20 to 30 who are like focused on their beauty they also become like addicted to healthy lifestyle at some point because when you only work on your face, it's not gonna work anymore. You have to work from the inside. So, yeah. I can see you're gonna be like great, and you're like, oh, like Thank you
0: thirties, forties,
1: yeah. Because Maria stamped
0: Maria stamped <laughs> me, but it's it's all gonna work out well. Let's talk about that because you don't look a day older than you're 25. Uh, if you're comfortable answering this question, do you have any Botox? Do you do you any? No, no,
1: I don't. Like I can do everything. I don't have anything like as of right now. I yeah. tried actually when I was a little bit younger. I tried lips, didn't work good for me. Maybe mm-hmm. like techniques was not like the best at the time. And I did Botox once uh, when I was in Russia and actually my cosmetologist, like she told me, we need to try it. And I tried it once, I didn't like it because I just, I have a lot of expressions on my face and yeah. I still like wanted them to be there. Okay works for some people, didn't work for me well. But at this point, I cannot tell you that, like, I'm not thinking of doing something because I definitely see, like, changes on my face. Uh, but I'm mostly thinking about different procedures like PRP, you know, like when they take your blood, they spin it, and then they inject your own um, plasma in your face or some ALT therapy. Like, I'm thinking, I'm not ready yet, but I'm definitely, like, on the way uh, of Getting something to kind of, like, give a
0: little bit younger and fresher look. I mean, I don't think you need it because you look gorgeous. I have Botox. Like, I get it between my eyebrows because I have, mm-hmm. like... It's genetic because my mom has it too. I have a really deep frown that forms if I don't get it. Um, but I also... I kind of admire people who don't have it. And they, and they you know, kind of let... Either... Some people are kind of almost proud of seeing a little bit of aging on their face, which is awesome. Like, I love that. And I love it when people try to maintain the youthful look on their face naturally. And I've I've seen so many people do that. Like, I, I love all of it, right? I love For me, Botox floor is great for somebody who, who you know, doesn't like it. Totally. I'm totally cool with that, too. But you, I, I don't think you need anything, personally, because <laughs> you look really great. But yeah, so what about, let's talk about that, um internal and, and, you know, youth from within. Mm-hmm. What have you noticed actually makes a difference? Because I know a lot of my my followers are going to like to hear it. I'm very open about what I've done, you know, mm-hmm. what procedures I have and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, but I know that a lot of them are afraid of getting Botox and are afraid of the invasive procedures and are trying to at least postpone it for as long as they can. What are some recommendations that you can give that have really worked for you?
1: Watching your glucose level. Like this is number one big thing that I believe this is like really. If we call something longevity diet, I would call that glucose flattering diet. I'm gonna explain in details what is that. Would be the best in order to keep you younger because let's just think what makes that like what we die for from. Like number one cardiovascular disease. And if you look into details, like what are, what are diseases that are coming together with this, this is all about like fats and sugars in our body, right? Like too much glucose, uh, insulin resistance, it all comes together with improper diet and improper eating. When you eat too much fat and when you eat too much sugar, and especially not the good quality and not in the right direction, because you actually can manipulate uh, how your body observes things by the order of the foods you eat and by the quality of the foods. I saw that you talk, like not maybe in depth, because as you said, it's like not your expertise, but it's good that you're like pretty famous blogger and uh, that you talk about the inflammatory oils that we use and that are everywhere and I think this is a big one that needs to be spoken about because we always thought right that saturated fat meat and all of that brings us like problems but we researched that all the oils especially like in Slavic countries and Eastern European countries like sunflower oil this is the oil we cook but if you look into traditions we actually cooked a lot with a large with Lord, like, yeah. The, yeah yeah with all that uh fat even my i have a neighbor in Samar. she's still alive she's 99 years old and at the time when we were like moving to vegetable oil i'm like how is she still alive she always cooks with the lard
0: and right now we know why she's still alive you know like all this is thing. such an interesting thing like honestly i it, it's fascinating to me because I mean, again, I, I don't have any medical or nutritional research backed up data, but I'm just, I, I look at what people who do have expertise in those areas say these days. And I also look at how I feel. I tried a vegetarian diet for three years. Very, it was very diligent. Okay. Yeah, I was very diligent. I'm sure you too. I was getting like B12 injections, all sorts of stuff to, you know, maintain a healthy body. And by the end of the three years, my endocrine system was messed up. My hormone levels were messed up. And then I tried to slowly get back into meat. I've talked about this on my podcast so many times. And But I incorporated meat and I still left a lot of seed oils because no nobody was talking about that back then. And then now... I mean, I still, when I go out to a restaurant, it's really hard to to control that. So when we go out to restaurants, I'm assuming I'm eating seed oils there. But at home, we don't even have seed oils anymore. We just have olive oil, coconut oil, butter. That's it. And lard when we're visiting our in-laws, because my mother-in-law makes lard too. Lard. So, I mean, okay, so let's go back. I, I really love this conversation so much because I'm like, I. it's so fascinating to me that even just five years ago, Veganism and vegetarianism was so highly promoted. And now we're finally realizing, wait, why aren't we eating like great grandparents of ours and and grandparents? So glucose and seed oils. Am I understanding it correctly? Yes.
1: So I was vegan for three years. Exactly like you said, three years vegetarian. I was vegan to the point like if I feel the cheese, I would did it, like, in front of everyone, showing everyone how upset I am that they put the cheese in
0: Oh, it. you were I one of those! Yeah, oh, yeah, you were yeah. one of the... <laughs> you were one of the but- people who within meeting you the first minute, you would tell people that you're vegan. Ah, I gotcha. Mean, not,
1: not, not with the first minute, but honestly, like, I remember it was the kid's birthday and one of, like, Russian grandmas came to my son. He was not asking. He was not asking for that because she thought he's not eating enough and he, she brought him how you call it like oh yeah yeah. Like
0: yeah, yeah yeah like yeah yeah like yeah
1: like a patty so, beef patty and yeah beef patty so and i literally like i throw my plate on the ground i'm like running i'm like no he's not eating me yeah and i was like so upset the whole party is looking at me and like right now i realized how crazy i was and that it was not for no reason it was my beliefs you know i yeah. really thought that it's cute like i was not the animal like fighter for the animal's life and all this stuff i really thought that being vegan makes us healthier like if we don't eat all this like processed meat and meat in general we just become healthier but right now i totally i read the book actually and the book called the vegetarian myth this Mm. is what switched me completely i was like oh my god how i could really believe in all of that Because I started feeling weird like Mm -hmm. three years after with all the vitamins and everything I was taking. Like you said, the hormones. No sexual desire, whatever. I'm like, well, maybe I'm old. Maybe that's it. Mm -hmm. But then when I reintroduced only eggs and fish, I'm like, hey, I'm still alive, you know? This is um, so much different from being three three years vegan.
0: Yeah, it's packaged really well. Like I, I you know, the idea of vegetarianism and veganism. I mean, it was almost fashionable for a while to be to be that. And I had a nutritionist on my podcast just a couple of weeks ago and she was saying how in her view she thinks there's a time and the place for it, but it's not for everybody, you know, and that you really need to pay attention to your body and understand what your body is feeling because most people most people can't handle certain diets, right? Most people have to have, like, a balance, have to have something something that is actually, they can digest you know something wanna, that actually
1: works. What I want to say over here, like, again, going back to our grandmothers and fathers, you know, our, like, just think of um, Christian Orthodox religion. Mm-hmm. How did they live? They fast for, like, 40 days. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that actually vegan, like, well, not the lifestyle the diet the plan let's call it plant-based because vegan is a little bit different like plant-based diet is really great healing diet because mm-hmm. if you're sick it it really can take you off a lot of diagnoses. even like clear your cholesterol and B, which is like right now more important this is the particle because just going like giving a little bit of background for those who don't know so HDL and LDL cholesterol those like fats that we have that we measure our cardiovascular health with are not really accurate so we look like oh my god I have high cholesterol but it actually doesn't say as much about what's going on and the particle that actually can tell us if we have better or worse cardiovascular health and the risks in the future to have some advanced cardiac event which is um card attack or stroke this is that calls lipoprotein apple b so and i'm recommending everyone who will be listening and maybe i even ask you to like make the story because it's so important and i believe like more people need to talk about it so that apple b if it's high your risks of having this like advanced cardiac event is like like skyrocket so and unfortunately i have it high having all my other blood works like in uh, within the normal limits. Mm-hmm. So, and some different factors contribute to it. And as I can see right now, with working with different people, and I have a lot of, you know, gestational uh, diabetes at work, like women over there. <clears throat> so what I can see from them, usually all those of proteins and high glucose, they come together. Mm-hmm. So... A lot of people with diabetes, they're obese, and they they have high level of those lipoproteins. So basically, it is fat and sugar that consumed by us in like wrong amounts and in the wrong order brings that to the inflammation in the body. And obesity actually comes together. We cannot tell what causes what. Sometimes people say, okay, uh, obesity causes diabetes, and like cardiovascular diseases, and and vice versa. But I personally believe that all comes together with a wrong diet.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And honestly, there is a place to be vegan or vegetarian for some short periods of time, like kind of detoxing your body, giving your body a break to get rid of stuff. Like our grandparents did, you know, like 40 days they did like the sprinkling, then they did a little bit for the summer. And usually how they ate during the summer, they would eat whatever they had grown, right? And they didn't do much of like animal fats and animal products. But then when the winter came, they did a lot of like pickled stuff and they just cut the meat because the winter is the only time when they can store the meat safely because it was... um, cold outside we didn't have fridge right so Mm -hmm. they just put it in the snow and just have it over there and this Mm -hmm. is how they ate they switched their diets yeah that that might be actually a great idea for us to eat like in the future just to alternate sometimes you eat more animal fats because what the other problem right now if we can see on those people who eat keto diets they started having like cardiovascular events
0: Interesting. Keto was super fashionable for a while, too. I say the word fashionable because people fall into the fashion trends in everything, including diet. Right. So keto was like super popular just a couple of years ago. And you're saying that that's also causing some issues. Hey,
1: yeah, because, you know, what people usually do in general, they don't go in depth. Right. Like, okay, what is this and how to do it the proper way? They just hear, okay, I can eat as much fat as I can. And they do, Then they make those oil bombs, you know, and they like just cut avocado, pour olive oil, put some seeds in it, and they eat it. It's mm-hmm. not the proper way to do keto. Keto only works with a caloric deficit. And the mm-hmm. people usually tend to go towards the diet when they say, to them. you can eat everything as much as you can, as long as you don't eat this. And then they started like five avocados a day. You know like a lot of like meat but they lose the point that it should be under the caloric deficit then it's going to be beneficial you still kind of need to count mm-hmm. what you eat maybe not like going crazy with the weights right like how the athlete like the, um athletes do i know i have a few guys who like weight every grade that they eat and they write down it like in the app Maybe not to that extent, but you still need to understand what is your, what are your body needs, mm-hmm. right, and meet them, not overeating. Because I believe, in order to stay healthy and to maintain perfect, like good weight, you still need to be under some kind of deficit.
0: Mm.
1: This is like the best, no matter I've what eaten- diet you follow.
0: Yeah, I've eaten slight, in a slight caloric deficit, specifically carb. Like, I, I try to cut on carbs. Um, sugar, I stay away from. Now, when I say that I try to stay away from carbs, I still eat them sometimes. Like, if there's a really delicious pizza, Neapolitan pizza, I'll eat it once in a while, but I try to stay away from it. Like, if I can have a meal without carbs, I'll have a meal without carbs. No sugar. Um, I do, have wine because I love a glass of dry, dry red wine which I want to talk to you about alcohol as well. Um, so I save all of my sugar for my wine. I will I will not eat dessert. I will not touch dessert just so that I can have a glass of red wine. And my skin is very clear. Um, I do sometimes, you know, around my period I can get certain, you know, spots mm-hmm. or whatever. But other than that, it, it worked. it's working really well. So, I don't know. It seems like it's... But again, it's a psychaloric caloric deficit at all times, pretty much. I don't go overboard. And I sometimes count, like I use an app. I don't obsess over my calorie intake, but I try to just be a little bit below. Whereas, like, my husband, who struggles with putting on weight, will do the opposite. He'll Mm -hmm. eat in a caloric, you know, surplus (laughs) and more Uh, healthy, but he'll just eat a lot of food to try to put on some weight. So... Let's talk about alcohol. So Let's glucose see. and um, seed oils to maintain youthful appearance and healthy healthy body. What about alcohol? Is there a level of alcohol you can take and type of alcohol that is not too, too bad?
1: So let me, like, there is no alcohol that is better than others. Like, period. Wine is not better than beer. Beer is not better than wine. Whiskey is not better than anything else. So everything is like same. uh, Because it all has ethanol that is bad for you. But if we talk like if you can drink, I cannot drink. So the glass of wine is not going to satisfy me. Mm -hmm. Like I cannot drink a glass of wine. I need to have a bottle of wine. And...
0: (laughs) I was like, wait, where is this going? Is she allergic to alcohol or what's happening? And then it's like, I need to have a bottle of wine. If I start, I need to finish.
1: (laughs) So, and this this is the truth. And and I understand that the bottle of wine is not healthy. And uh, I'm going to feel terrible. So, because alcohol interacts with your sleep. You don't drink in the morning, right? If you have a glass of wine in the morning, (laughs) which maybe is good for someone with some lifestyle... But unfortunately, like I can't have a glass of wine and drive. You usually have a glass of wine in the evening and mm-hmm. it interferes with your sleep and quality of your sleep. And I'm big on that. You see, I have this orving And right now, this is what I'm focused on like eight hours of sleep whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just, in the middle of something, say, hey, I need to go to bed. Sorry, yeah. I can wake up 6 a.m. with you tomorrow and we continue doing what we are doing, but I need to go to bed because I wake up at 5, no matter what, like 5, 6, I can, like, on my weekdays, I can manage it, but I already start waking up. It's not that quality of sleep that I get in the evening. So this is number one problem. Second, if you can do it in moderation, I personally believe that if you drink good quality alcohol and you enjoy it and you love it, Three, four glasses a week, if it's really, like, one glass after, like, dinner, with a dinner, before dinner, like, for mm-hmm. lunch, no matter when you do, it's not going to make you sick to the extent that is this alcohol is really bad for you. Mm-hmm. But the amount that is more probably is not going to be beneficial because it all goes to, like, quality of sleep and how you feel next morning, you know? Mm-hmm. You are not at your full capacity. I'm also big on a movement. Like, and right now I'm struggling with this because i worked too many hours and starting next week, I actually cut one shift just to have more strength exercises in my life uh, because I felt like I'm losing the muscle mass. Mm-hmm. This is the other thing. If you can work out and sleep normally and still have your wine, beautiful. Just have your glass of wine. At it can it give you pleasure, you know? Okay, and thank yeah, God. you can do it. Yeah, If you can do it, but... It doesn't fit in my life. Like, when I was 28, I'll tell you, it was at the age of 28 when, like, the warranty kind of, like, that's it, expired. You are on Mm -hmm. your own. Mm -hmm. And at this age, I kind of started, like, looking for things that I can improve and can do better in order to still feel that I'm alive, you know, and I can function. So, an alcohol had to go with the kids because a sleepless night with a little baby who wakes up to breastfeed, like... I couldn't. And actually pregnancy helped me because throughout the pregnancy I didn't drink. Then I had a baby I didn't drink. And then for New Year's, he was like six, he was four months. I'm like, I'm going to have a drink. I had, I don't know, a few bottles of wine. <laughs> I pumped out all that milk and didn't sit it to him. And in the morning I was like, oh my God, I feel like crap. And yeah. I need to interact with this baby. I'm like, no, this is not suiting my new life. And yeah. it's gone since then. I yeah. try to have a glass of wine here and there. I don't enjoy it. I haven't been drinking at all, at, at all. not even a sip for like a few years. Even like my friend, she had like birthday on the boat with a crystal. I'm like, no, even that I'm not going to have. Yeah. Just don't enjoy it and it doesn't fit in my life.
0: No, that's perfectly fair. And I I have almost like a reaction, an instant reaction. If I have more than two glasses of wine... My body will take it in, like th- three glasses. After three glasses, I can't even... I can't have a sip of anything else. Especially lately, if I have three glasses of wine, I instantly... I'm like, okay, my body just... It, it shuts down. That's it. That's all I can have. And I will not sleep all night. It used to be... I would be able to sleep half a night and then I would wake up in the middle of the night. My heart would be pounding. I would have almost like an anxiety attack. Now... I will sleep for maybe an hour or two and then I wake up and then my heart is pounding and I'm anxious and it's just so not pleasant and all of the next day I feel awful. Not even hungover and I wasn't even drunk. It's only, you know, three glasses of wine, but I feel awful. So it doesn't work with me. If I have one, like one glass, um, even two, sometimes I can swing. It's, I feel fine. It doesn't affect my sleep, doesn't affect my workout routine, but I... And the interesting thing is also, so you were saying how, like, um, all alcohol is alcohol. For me, if I have more than two glasses of wine, it becomes the same as the other type of alcohol. But for some reason, my body can't handle hard liquor. If I have a sip, even a sip of cognac, I instantly throw up. It's almost like, you know, in Russia and, like, ex-USSR republics, they have this... um, I don't know what it's called. Oh, yeah, yeah. In, for, for like severe alcoholics. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom was laughing. She's like, it feels like you you have that on hard liquor, you know? <laughs> I'm <laughs> like, I swear I don't. I just maybe, maybe I overdid it when I was younger a couple of times or what. I don't know, but my body instantly rejects it. If it's in a cocktail, maybe it'll be okay. But other than that, I cannot have even vodka. Even vodka, don't go. Yeah. I
1: understand. So, yeah, I used to love... I would cook borscht, like real borscht. Yes. <laughs> and we would have like shots of vodka with this, just as a tradition in sala. This is the and most Russian
0: it. thing anyone will ever hear. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but right now that. I'm like, yeah, I kind of miss the tradition, but I, I just cannot. Just cannot. Yeah. And, you know, I'm glad that it happened in my life because for the person, like I was a bartender and sommelier when I worked. Mm -hmm. And I was trained by French people, like, to do wine tasting and everything. And even with this, and I enjoy, I still have, like, I drink my kombucha from the wine glass.
0: And I love all this, like, sometimes. Yeah, there's, like, a process to it, right? Like, an aesthetic. yeah. Yeah, Yeah,
1: yeah. I love that. And I'm telling you, there are maybe few people in my life who I know, if I meet with them, I will have, like, half a glass. Mm -hmm. but they lay far away you know and it's good (laughs) so that yeah for people you know for some people it works yeah if you can have this one three glasses a week that and it perfectly works it doesn't interfere with your sleep with your workout routine it's great because working out like moving to the one more thing that is i believe the most important is exercise Mm -hmm. and not only like cardio and walking and yoga but really like the strength exercise that I really miss in my life right now and I'm bringing it back next week and your muscle mass because mm-hmm. one of the doctors, Peter Attia, he he's from California, mm-hmm. he talks like with a diet you can really um, harm yourself with a bad diet but there is not much that you can improve with a good diet but if mm-hmm. you you're just gonna like ruin your health if you eat bad Mm -hmm. but if you want to improve your health this is when exercise comes to you and your muscle mass the more of muscle mass you have the better you can live and the better quality of life you can live
0: yeah absolutely
1: so and if you drink and you cannot work out and you're losing your muscle mass so you're not doing anything good to yourself and to your body
0: yeah amen uh one Final question that I wanted to ask, we're almost at our time. Um, is there something, or I guess maybe if you could just take take us through your routine, is there something that you do on a regular basis, some kind of supplements you take or just, I don't know, a smoothie that you make that is like a must-have for you?
1: So I wake up every morning and I do hot water with a salt and lemon to, to, to kind of like wake up and it's like warm. I started doing collagen, like, so anywhere I can add the collagen, just maybe just put a spoon in the glass and drink it with a warm water. It helps the skin. Uh, I also walk 10K steps a day, no matter what. If I come home, I'm super tired after work, after 12 hours of shifts that I do, and it's not 10K, I'm going to dress up and just walk around neighborhood. Like, this is, like, the minimum that I'm trying to do to myself if I didn't work out on a day. Um, and I never eat sweets and any carbs before I ate, like, something else. Mm-hmm. So I start always veggies. Like, I eat salad for breakfast. This is my thing. Like, this all my friends, all my colleagues, they know me for eating salad for breakfast. And I've been doing it since my vegan years. So this is my, my thing. I'm just doing the salad. And then I can like do oatmeal and everything else, but I'm trying not to eat too much carbs lately also. Mm. Uh, but if I want my carbs, I always start them with a salad.
0: Mm-hmm. What so about the crazy. lemon water part? Do you, is it, what's the reason for adding salt? Cause I do hot lemon water, but no salt.
1: So it's electrolytes. I do the pink salt because okay. it has, yeah, you can use just regular electrolytes. I'm filtering my water because I'm a big believer that fluoride is actually the toxin that we should not have with the water. And in the United States, I don't know how is it in Canada, but in the United States, they add a lot of fluoride to the water. And I'm cleaning it with a filter. And this filter also cleans not only fluoride, but everything else from the water. Mm-hmm. so I'm kind of if I don't have my electrolytes I buy this like keto electrolytes from trace minerals and if I don't have those I just add pink salt a like Himalayan salt to it and I'm running low on my blood pressure so sodium is good for me
0: mm-hmm. the first, first half of the day interesting and flu- so fluoride is you think fluoride is not good for you that's, yeah. I've uh, heard of that before. There's a there was a lot of um, I guess like back and forth between people who believe it's good, you know, good for you because they do for the teeth, I guess, right? It is, you know,
1: it, it is good for your teeth. But the thing is, with like our teeth is not outside of our body. It's mm. not like our mouth just lives its own life. You know, like when you brush the teeth and you drink water, it goes into your body. We are all interconnected, and I believe honestly even I'm like working in a hospital and like you are two different personalities on your Instagram and podcast. I'm two different personalities in my life and in the hospital over there. Everything is like science based. Like obviously I'm going with everything they teach, but yeah. personally I don't believe in half of that. And I believe that hospital system is like money-making machine and it has not so much to do with the real health. And, um, I don't believe in fluoride toothpaste and all of that. I should. I, I'm like I'm the believer of holistic health that every system in the body is interconnected, and if you harm one, the other part will be harmed. So if you heal one, you have a possibility of healing the other one.
0: That's very interesting. Um, it's a very similar argument I've heard about antibiotics, right? Like they have their time and the place, um, and they help with a lot of things, but they destroy like so many other things. Like I know back home, um, if if I'm ever prescribed antibiotics, like if I ever took antibiotics as a kid, they would prescribe stomach medication to make sure that my stomach um, and digestive system doesn't get harmed. They don't do that in Canada. If you get prescribed antibiotics, it's just antibiotics. So then if you get You're stomach only, problems yeah. after antibiotics, you have to go to the doctor for that separately. So my mom, my mom's a doctor who was trained in, you know, U- USSR. Mm-hmm. So she was like, so critical. She's like, this Canada of yours, what are they doing there? You know, She's like, that yeah. makes no sense. Cause you just take like one, um, fluconazole, it's called fluconazole. Mm-hmm. Um, you're supposed to take it on like day five and day seven to balance your flora and fauna. Flora, yeah, like, gut, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Gut, gut, gut flora. Gut flora, exactly. And they don't do that in Canada. Yeah, that, it was
1: an interesting. There's definitely a use for antibiotics, honestly, like when you get something like Lyme disease. And I'm the person who never takes like painkillers or anything. The last time I took painkillers when I had when I gave birth and the last time it was like 5 years ago. Oh, so, wow. yeah, I don't do like painkillers. But when I gave birth, I'm like this is the time to have pain medication. You know, you really like the human body went through your body. Just Go for it. Don't don't struggle. This, if you take it one time, nothing is gonna happen. Just don't take it as a candy every time you kind of feel weird. Don't take it every day for the headache. If you have headache, go find the reason you have a headache. The same with antibiotics. If you have something like Lyme, I would I don't know I would drink chloride. You know, like just to kill it.
0: Yeah. Just I would yeah. do
1: anything because it can become systemic like
0: disease. Of course. Yeah. But
1: for some little things that you can cure without it don't do it it's just the yeah. balance of everything you know and yeah. this is what i believe in like there is a place for everything and there is nothing that suits everyone it yeah. should be always individual
0: yeah well this was such a pleasure uh, maria how can you people find you online where do you post your content share your information and knowledge so i have my new instagram i had to. See. Some episode
1: that I had to post my Instagram that I have. But as, if anyone is actually interested in Russian content, you can find me on the page. uh Masha, like Russian version of name Maria Masha Fasta, just together. And uh, my Instagram that is American right now, and I just started building it. Like all content there is going to be in English. It's
0: Maria Pasta,
1: just my okay. first and last name.
0: Awesome. I will include all of that in the caption. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing your knowledge and have a beautiful rest of your day in lovely California.
1: Thank you so much, Christina.